Hi there. Do you know what your anxiety profile is? Me, I was a besieged panicker. We often say that the first step to reversing anxiety is to understand it. And that's why we've created a tool to help you discover your anxiety profile. And it's totally free. In about 90 seconds, you'll receive your customized anxiety profile. And it will answer so many questions you've probably been struggling with, including, am I going crazy? And why me? So if you haven't yet, pause this episode and head to lifefreeofanxiety.com slash profile or click the link in the show notes. I promise you'll get a lot more out of this and every episode once you know your anxiety profile. And now, on to the show. Well, hi to everybody listening. I'm Erica with Dr. Barr. I interviewed him first and then we had me talk about my journey with anxiety. I think I say on this uh, episode, I don't love sharing my story. I love other people's stories, though. I listened to Jessica Simpson's audiobook last year, and it was so good, especially the parts where she talks about when she was humiliated. Those were like my favorite parts, things that really humiliated her. And then I was thinking about how relatable I found it. So you get to hear my story, and I hope you enjoy it. You might find it relatable. If you have anxiety, chances are you will. And if you didn't listen last week, we've got Dr. Barr's journey with anxiety, which is, in my opinion, more interesting because he was a licensed licensed clinical therapist at the time when he had an incident with a earthquake that threw him for a loop and threw him through anxiety for quite some time until he was able to find the same cure as me. So listen to this episode and listen to the last if you want the secret that we both used. Welcome to the Life Free of Anxiety podcast, where each week we'll bring you another discussion to help you on your way to overcoming your fears. I'm Erica, and together with Dr. Charles Barr, a licensed clinical psychologist specializing in anxiety, we'll be your guides on this journey. To find a list of helpful free resources we offer, head to lifefreeofanxiety.com. Because you are not broken, you are not alone, and you are on your way to living a life free of anxiety. For some people, they have a specific time and date and they can tell you, almost like my earthquake, mm-hmm. they can tell you when their very first panic attack was. And that's common, other right? People, yes, that's common. very common. Uh-huh. And other people, they've kind of just always been anxious their whole life and didn't even have a word for it. For me, I'd say it was probably a little bit of both. I have always had a very overactive imagination. I tend to be more on the creative side. So with creativity, I think comes a lot of <laughs> unpleasant things sometimes too, with where I recall as a child wanting to stand on the same side of the room when my mom would make dinner, just in case the earth split in half. But, you know, I was probably four or five years old at this time. I don't even think I had experienced an earthquake at this point. I think I'd probably saw something on TV. I remember kind of developing a fear of choking at a younger age. I, I pro- again, probably saw something on TV, um, was able to imagine myself in that situation. And so there were times where I, I remember just kind of obsessing about things. But I would say for the most part, my personality was described as laid back growing up. I was more of a quiet person. I don't think I was the most outgoing person in the room ever, but When I was a teenager, late teens, I decided to smoke marijuana, which was the worst decision I have ever made in my life to this day. 
I had smoked before. And I remember being so embarrassed to tell you this story, by the way, because pot was not legal at the time. And it was like, I swear I didn't do anything bad. But sometimes marijuana can have that negative connotation. I had experimented with marijuana in the past and it had always made me very anxious. So what was I doing with marijuana? I don't know. But I was young and I smoked and I got incredibly high. And so I was to the point where I was just, I mean, I had been terrified when I had been high before, but I was at the point where I thought I was going to die. And I know it sounds like an uh, exaggeration to those who actually get relaxed from marijuana who might be listening. I am the opposite. So I found myself for hours unable to get out of feeling high and thinking I was going to die. Um, I didn't know what to do. I ended up taking sleeping pills to fall asleep, your Tylenol PM type, just to get out of it. Okay. And woke up. It was so interesting. We were talking about depersonalization earlier. I felt depersonalization, which felt like still being high. So that was an extremely scary combination for me because not only did I not know why I was feeling depersonalization, I thought, what if I'm high forever now? What if this is permanent? What if I did something to change my brain chemistry? Wow. I had no idea. That's right. Now, did you hear all that whole series of what ifs that you just said? (laughs) Yeah. Wow, those are massively scary thoughts. They were. They were huge. I'm going to be high forever. (laughs) This is a forever situation. Yeah. I'm never going to be okay again. I hurt my brain. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yes. And I I don't know if I thought I was going to be high forever, (laughs) but I thought that I was going to feel something of that forever. I didn't know what happened. I hid it for so long because I'll tell you, I did not think... Maybe I was so sane anymore. I did. I think that sounds maybe a little strange, but I think it's very typical of a person to become more and more fearful about their emotional well-being. I wasn't until I finally heard somebody say, if you were going crazy, you wouldn't know that I was able to get some relief later in life. Well, that's right. So there's one of the differences between anxiety disorders and what we call crazy. And in my field, we would say, okay, but that would be more on the psychotic end. Mm-hmm. You know, it, quite frankly, that depersonalized feeling makes you feel like, well, maybe I am psychotic. Maybe I'm going crazy. Right. I'm losing my mind. Uh-huh. And what a scary thought and feeling that is. And that's just a complete feeling. It's a complete sensation. It could be, and it's convincing. Mm-hmm. From the inside out, it's convincing. And it really built Uh, from the outside in. You can look at it and kind of go, oh, well, that shouldn't bother you too much. But from the inside out, it's 100 percent in. Oh, yeah. And it really built on itself. It became that when I had to do public speaking or needed to do certain things that made me nervous, I started to feel depersonalization. It was always my friend that was right there when I I needed it the least. It was always there to welcome me when I felt the most fear, and it just kept manifesting. I took my first flight after that, and it was terrifying all of a sudden. I didn't know if I was going to lose control, and I had depersonalization. And I just want to say now, I don't have depersonalization anymore at all. I don't have it at all. And when I talk about this stuff, I've forgotten so much about it. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I don't ever experience that anymore. Thank God. Isn't that lovely? Yeah. Isn't that lovely? And I didn't. And, and that's that's the hope that we want people to hear. Mm-hmm. There, there is healing. There is a way out of this disorder. Yes. You just don't have to live with it and suffer through it all the time. 
Right. And I don't need to sit here and tell you how bad it was. I could tell you countless stories about how many years I spent and how many embarrassing situations I ended up in because I was either trying to hide that I was panicking or somebody found out I was panicking and didn't understand. It's really not important anymore because it's a thing of the past. And that's exactly what we want anybody listening to be able to say. We don't want you to hang out with us forever. (laughs) We want you to get through this. And that's the beauty of this is we believe that there's actually a process to do that. That's right. We feel like there is a process and that if you're willing to practice it, it will work. If you're not willing to practice it, it won't work. Mm -hmm. Uh, You can know the field better than I know the field. But if you won't practice the changes, it won't work because this is a practice kind of therapy that makes the difference for this disorder. And so you must practice. And the better you, the more you practice, the more often you practice, the faster the change happens for you. I feel the skepticism all over again, even though I know it's true. (laughs) That's right. But you see, I'm not interested in you experiencing the terror all over again. I'm interested in you learning a different way to go through that experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember the, you telling me that. The terror is overwhelming. Yes. I remember being so afraid that you were going to throw. I, I knew I was at the point where I needed some exposure. How was I ever going to ride an elevator? I remember you saying this. How do you ever ride an elevator if you never ride an elevator, right? So how do you get yourself That's back right. in those situations if you feel like everything in you is going to burst if you do it, if you're going to, you might die, right? That's how you feel. Your body doesn't know the difference. So that's what the whole problem is at this point is I'm so stuck. And really, you're kind of happy being stuck in a weird way because it's so scary to think about going near what you are fearing that you have chosen to stay on the outside of the elevator and take the stairs or not take the flight. Yes. Um, and it and it makes perfect sense mm-hmm. because you found a way to limit the fear, right? You see, and you found a way to stay safe. So that and it's fairly predictable. Mm-hmm. So you know, all I have to do to stay safe is not take an elevator. Mm-hmm. The problem is, is then that grows. You know, yes. it, so it it doesn't stay in one place. It starts getting larger and larger. And then it's, well, I can't go in that elevator, but I can go in that bigger elevator. But then the bigger elevator, it doesn't work either. And then mm-hmm. uh, you know, I can go one floor, but no, I can't go. <laughs> I used to say, floors. I could go up, but not yeah. down. And that was really a thing I said. Okay. Yeah. Um, because of different sensations, you mm-hmm. know, because riding in an elevator gives you sensations and you're so sensitized to what your body is feeling at that point that it it just takes off on you. And that's where the anxiety has a life of its own. Mm-hmm. And, oh, it's very convincing. It's very convincing. Now, I want to ask you something. I Googled agoraphobia today. It came up as a fear of places and situations that might cause panic, helplessness, or embarrassment. It's an anxiety disorder that often develops after one or more panics, panic attacks. The treatment below, this is the first thing that comes up on Google.com. Treatment can help, but this condition can't be cured. How devastating is that to Google and find? Do you think it can't be cured? Well, I think that's very devastating to hear that. And there is a lot of controversy in the field about that. Mm. Um, From um, 
a psychiatric standpoint, it is considered a recurring disorder. Okay. That it is something you're always going to live with and it could recur. Now, having gotten through it myself and having gotten so many other people through it mm-hmm. on their journey, I feel like one of the exciting things that I can say is you can completely overcome this disorder mm-hmm. and get back into life without feeling these kinds of feelings and having this terrible suffering that goes on. You don't have to live with it. You can live in a different way so that you don't have that to have to live with. Right. And Now, everyone is different. Some people struggle and struggle. I've worked with folks who medication in order to feel better. I've worked with folks that abhor medication and want nothing to do with it. So medication may or may not have a place in in a person's treatment, and it can be very helpful for some people and not helpful for others. Mm -hmm. Every person is so different. It's just amazing. And that's also why my work is never boring. Mm -hmm. Everybody is is different. Every situation is different. Mm -hmm. It's all very fascinating. I know I was able to get off medication during the time I saw you. That was something... I was prescribed by my doctor um, after I had just gotten married and (laughs) was waking up in the middle of the night, which I now understand as flight. I was waking up in the middle of the night with so much adrenaline, I felt like I needed to run. And I was a newlywed at this time in a new city, a very busy city. But my husband, who has like the calmest nervous system known to man, and trying to figure out why I'm getting up at three o'clock and basically saying I can't breathe, I'm suffocating and I have to run. So there was that going on. It was at that time that my doctor prescribed medication. It was a antidepressant type medication. I was able to get relief with sleep, but I was really never able to get over my phobias. And I have nothing against medication. I'm just talking about it from my perspective. That's all I can say. I was not able to overcome phobias on medication, but I was able to start to mostly sleep through the night without too much panic. But it was through working with you that I got off medication and have not been on medication since then. Yes. Well, I think that kind of thing happens to many, many people. Mm -hmm. Medication is given with good intent and sometimes with very, very good success. And I have known people who have had one panic attack They went to their doctor. The doctor gave them some uh, medication and Mm -hmm. they've never had another panic attack. And it's kind of like, good for you. It didn't Mm. take hold. You passed right on through it Mm -hmm. um, and got back into life. But once the panic gets a hold of you, you have that second panic attack. Mm -hmm. And first of all, sometimes you don't know what it is. Lots of people have ended up in the emergency room, had multiple tests. Some people have spent thousands of dollars in the emergency room being tested for because they know they have some dread disease that somebody has not found yet. Mm-hmm. And the doctor keeps saying, we, we don't find anything. Um, right. Have you considered that maybe you're having a panic attack? And it's so discrediting to have somebody tell you there's nothing wrong with you. Yes. And I'm here to say there is something wrong. <laughs> yeah. The thing that is wrong with you is you have panic disorder and it's very real and we know what it is. It's not a physiological disorder that can be cured 
physiologically, but there is something wrong and it's very real and it's devastating. And it's a lot of learned, and, learned bad habits. Yes. And it, it's based in learning and we can learn a different way to be. I, I like to think of the, the program that I use. I like to think of it as giving people a toolkit. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, my job is to give you a toolkit and have you practice with these tools so that you can go out and live. Well, we hope that we're able to shed some light on uh, this topic. We know it's a little bit heavy to listen to, but hopefully we're providing more hope than anything that sounds scary or overwhelming. We're going to talk more about the process of getting better, what we feel we have to offer, and also hopefully answer some of your questions. But for closing, I thought since this is a topic that can kind of maybe feel like a little defeating or like it's beating you up a little, maybe that's something you're dealing with so much in your life. I thought, why don't we close with something a little bit lighter? And something that cracks me up is that I recently learned that Dr. Barr hates my favorite movie, which is What About Bob? What's your favorite movie? (laughs) What About Bob? What About Bob? Um, oh, no. He saw it from a totally <laughs> different perspective, which I always found Bob to be the lovable guy. I saw that movie when I was really young. And what's funny is when I started having my really bad anxiety, I just always thought it was so funny the way he verbalized things because it's not meant to be insensitive. It's just it's funny. I mean, Bob is lovable and he's nervous and I could totally relate to that. But Dr. Barr has a perspective that's a little bit oh my different than mine. Erica, that movie was my worst nightmare. <laughs> you <laughs> imagine being followed have... to Lake Winnipesaukee while on vacation with your family by a patient? Oh, that's right. Oh. <laughs> it's like, oh no, I'm being stalked. But if it was Bob, it would be kind of fun, right? <laughs> oh, it's so funny too. One of my fishing buddies, it's his favorite movie also. Is it? Is he a therapist? And so he's all... Uh, no. Oh, okay. Uh, Makes sense he, then. He's an accountant, <laughs> but uh, he's always is threatening me that he's gonna gonna put on what about Bob? Are you so. serious? Oh my gosh! <laughs> I my friend and I can whenever we're gonna meet, we're like, okay, baby step to four o'clock. I mean, we use that movie in our lives in so many different ways. I can quote the whole movie to you. So oh, I don't. Can you really? I hope oh, I'm not. Amazing. I hope I'm not scaring you now. I mean, you, I am a. I am one of your clients i won't be showing up at your door though don't worry i don't know though if you had that great of a lake house you might see me you know getting yeah, off true. getting off the bus or no i'm just kidding i really am scaring him now but it, it was it cracked me up because i always thought dr marvin was kind of mean and now of course i get it obviously that is crazy what happens in the movie i i am able to see it from the other perspective and, and see the humor of it but uh but uh you didn't laugh much in the yeah, theater, I, though, did you? Not not at the time. <laughs> I had to see it again before I could get the humor of it. It's like, oh, my God, this is, <laughs> this is a nightmare. You Don't felt like you, you were seeing like a slasher <laughs> flick or something and everyone else is cracking yeah, up. That's right. <laughs> yeah. I like my whole family quotes Bob. I mean, we are <laughs> such Bob fans, so I love that it disturbs you so much. It just cracks me. <laughs> that's right. Oh, goodness. Life is good and life is short. And so we might as well have some fun while we go through. Yeah, we need to laugh laugh where we can. Yeah, laughter is so uh, important. 
So even though this is a serious disorder and I take it seriously mm -hmm. uh, because I've been on the suffering end of that, there's nothing funny about suffering. Yeah. At the same time, laughter is a very good medicine. And so if we can help people laugh a little bit, that's a good thing. Yeah. And uh, we may as well laugh our way through and whiten the whole situation, I hope. They might just need to put on What About Bob, too, especially if they haven't seen it yet. <laughs> that's right. If you haven't seen it, it's worth a watch. <laughs> Definitely. Well, th right. thank you so much, Dr. Barr. We will both be back next week. So yes. we wish you a lot of success this week. Much success. Absolutely. Well, thanks for listening to that. Thanks for not judging me or thanks for judging me if you did. That's okay. <laughs> I'm sure you didn't. We have the change program available. We have people signing up every week. We have people writing to us all the time saying they are happier now. They're doing different things like taking the elevator again. We're thrilled. So if you want to be a part of that, go to changewith2as.com. You can also pick up a book for free. You just have to pay the shipping if you want to really know what the change program is about. We love that resource for you. Sending you a book is one of our favorite things to do. Sending you up for the change program is our top favorite thing to do. So change.com with two A's, and we will be back with you next week. Thanks so much for tuning in today. I hope that something in today's conversation provided you with a feeling of hope, determination, or purpose. I know what you're going through, and that's why I want to give you some of the tools that helped me in my anxiety journey. To get a free copy of Free From Fears, head to freefromfearsbook.com. To find out more about the Change Anxiety Treatment Program, find us at changedwith2as.com. Thanks again for listening, and remember, you are not broken, you are not alone, and you are on your way to living a life free of anxiety. See you next week. Before you go, I wanted to give you one last reminder to discover your anxiety profile at lifefreeofanxiety.com slash profile. Going forward, we really think this should be the starting point for everyone's anxiety journey. Once you're done, once you're done, you'll probably wonder how we could learn so much from just a few questions. It really is amazing. What you don't see is behind the scenes, your responses are compared to what we've learned from helping over 200,000 people just like you reverse their anxiety over the past 40 years. It's a data-backed assessment with real insights. I promise it's worth 90 seconds of your time, and it's totally free. Just click the link in the show notes or head to lifefreeofanxiety.com profile, and I'll talk to you again soon.